Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Do you worry a lot? Do you find it impossible to work in the middle of chaos? Do you wonder if God is going to come through for you in difficult times? Well, today's guest will help us learn how to experience true life-giving rest even in the midst of chaos. Jenny Donnelly is a speaker, author, and mother of five, and she's going to share her own personal story of struggling with life's pressures and emotional exhaustion and what she has learned through her own journey. She'll show us the steps to take to access rest anytime, any place, under any conditions. And she'll reveal how through Jesus and operating from a place of stillness can power our identity, creativity, relationships, and so much more. That's today on Connections. Today's guest is Jenny Donnelly. She's an author, a speaker, a business leader, and she does all of this while also parenting her five children. Jenny, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, um, I have a 17-year-old daughter all the way down to a three-year-old daughter. So I have four girls and one boy, and we kind of started over. We had um, the first three, and then seven years later had two more, just all on purpose and everything. So we decided, let's just li- keep living this adventure. Life was getting a little bit too safe, I guess. <laughs> so um, it's, it's been a ton of fun. We live in Portland, Oregon. And what got you interested in, in speaking and writing? Actually, I, my husband and I started a business back in 1999. We um, had just gotten married, and a business came across our path, and so we didn't have much to lose. We didn't have much to, you know, really no risk because it was just him and me and we were broke and we're like, why not? So we started a business and that business grew um, very rapidly. And then we ended up with um, a whole bunch of people that we would train. And so um, I ended up just doing a lot of speaking. I mean, starting from a really, really small audience to um, pretty large audiences and just fell in love with um, really inspiring people to really find the very best that was already inside of them and bringing that to the surface. So then um, writing, I've always loved writing. So in school when I was a kid, I would write poems and I would write stories. And I never thought I would actually go up and write books. I thought, well, maybe I'll write a book one day. But that, you know, even until I wrote um, this last book still, it felt a little bit like a stretch. Even though I love to write, I just had never kind of put myself in that category. So um, it's been a pretty fun new adventure for me. And speaking of still, uh, still, this is the perfect book um, that we can have as we deal with this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it's seven ways to find calm in the chaos. And right now, a lot of us are experiencing chaos and chaos that we've never experienced before. Tell us a little bit uh, about Still and and why you decided to write that book. Yeah, well, this is so interesting, the timing. You're exactly right. So I wrote this book over two years ago. And of course, having no idea where we would be as a globe. Like, this is just amazing, right? So what happened was over 10 years ago, just with a very full life, I found myself in little, it was so, back then I would never have told you I was suffering with anxiety because that would have been too dramatic for me, you know? Mm -hmm. But there were moments where, you know, in, in reality it was anxiety, But what was happening was I would get in moments where I would just freeze and things would become overwhelming to me, like sitting on the edge of my bed. One day I write about this in the book, but I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and there's a tangled pile of wire hangers. And I had just cleaned out some old clothes out of my closet about five days earlier and threw the hangers on the floor and they just sat there in a big 
not. And I just stepped over. I'm like, I'm just going to ignore these. And then here I am sitting on the edge of my bed, and I'm looking at this pile of hangers, and I'm just like, I don't even know how to put those away. And I just begin sobbing. And I just think, what is wrong with me? I'm a full-grown woman with two kids with a thriving business. And so I would just find things that were not supposed to be difficult. They All of a sudden, I would find myself so overwhelmed, I would be frozen. And so that's when I, you know, thank, thank the Lord for his goodness and his guidance, because he actually helped me. Um, there was a moment, an actual moment, I was sitting at my dining room table, and he said, you know, Jenny, you're, you have this thought that when the storm passes, then you'll be able to rest. You'll be able to kind of just catch your breath. Like when this project is done or when this thing finally goes through or when, you know, that child finally gets in kindergarten or whatever, you know, these kind of like, I'm, I'm, I can be happy when type of thoughts or I can relax when. And he just said, that's not real. That, that's not real. That's a fantasy. This is this is inaccurate, the way that you think about work and rest. And he just said, um, your rest is found in the middle of every storm. It's actually in the storm. And he said that that's where he would be and he would meet me there. And so I realized I had to find a way to find him in the middle of a very fast-moving life and a lot of chaos. And could I find rest while everything in my life was moving at a rapid pace. So that, that was about a 10-year journey. Um, I wish it was overnight, but it wasn't. And, um, and then I just came to a place where, wow, this is so life-changing. I need to document this. And I really wrote the book for my children because I wanted them to have a way to reference the journey that I had been on. And really now you're helping people by giving them ways to to rest. And, and speaking of the word rest, you mentioned your definition of rest, but why do so many people have such a different view when it comes to rest? Well, yeah, that's such a great question, Colleen, because I had people tell me, very wise people, Jenny, you need to rest. And I just thought, well, are you going to raise my kids? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? And I loved the the sound of it. The sound of it was like, yeah, I'm going to go on a vacation. We're going, you know, we're going to go to Mexico in March. Like I had these carved out moments where I would do my best to rest. And that is when the Lord said, Jenny, rest is not the act of relaxing. It's a place. It's a, and that is the biggest thing that I could get across to anybody listening right now is if you can think of rest as a place inside of you that you get to live from just like chaos is a place. You know, the atmosphere of chaos is a place, just like the atmosphere of peace is a place. And so um, Hebrews 4, the, the chapter, starts out with, you know, just admonishing us to go into the place of rest. It is an actual place. It's a, faith, it's a place of faith where Jesus is. So how can we experience this rest, especially right now, as we deal with this chaos, a lot of us don't even understand what's going on, let alone the concept and the understanding of rest. Yeah, so the first thing that we need to do, whether we're in a COVID situation like we are right now or just life itself, because after this COVID thing passes, life is still going to be uncertain in certain areas of our life. You know, it's not like everything just like the idea right now that when COVID passes and then we all get to go, oh, phew, it's gone, you know, it's over. That doesn't mean that life isn't going to start throwing us stuff, right? 
like the washer still breaks down, the you know, the child still goes through a rebellious phase, like there there's still things, right? So we have to get beyond this idea that when this is over, I can finally rest. That was the biggest thing for me was to get out of that fantasy thinking and to unplug the idea that my circumstances were able to dictate my peace. So in a situation like this right now, we have to lay down the paradigm that because life is crazy, I have to feel crazy too. We do not have to be affected by our outside outside circumstances. It feels impossible. It feels like, well, surely I do. You know, I can't have a great day if my child is throwing a fit, you know, temper tantrums or things like that. And I just want to challenge that thinking and say, actually, you can. You can have a, have peace and rest in your heart, even when things on the outside and the circumstances that we're in, even when those things are going crazy. So that that might feel a little of about a little bit intangible, that answer. Like, hold on a minute, that doesn't feel like you're giving me something to do. But what I but the first thing is is that we have to we have to change our thinking. We have to say, um, I no longer believe that my circumstances have the authority to make me feel at peace or at chaos. They they don't have a voice that can command my peace or take it away from me. So I am going to take authority over my own peace and my own heart, and I choose to be with Jesus. I choose Jesus. And G- where Jesus is, you know, he was in the boat. He was sleeping, you know, and the disciples were freaking out, and they said, don't you even care. And he was asleep, and it's just like I probably would have been like those disciples, freaking out, you know. Mm-hmm. But here he was, because he wasn't worried, he was able to sleep. And that's the picture that you can have right now is this boat that, and it says in the, in the Bible that it was all but capsized. That means water was inside of it. It was all but swamped is what the Bible says. So that means water was in the boat. The circumstances really were not good. However, somehow Jesus knew everything was going to be okay. And so um, he's sleeping. So that's what can happen in our heart is we can actually just rest on a cushion just like Jesus was, even though the storm on the outside is going crazy. And it almost feels like, Jenny, this is far-fetched, and I'm just telling you it's not because um, because I walk, I, I've lived this out. I've lived, you know, like the disciple freaking out, and I've lived like the one who says, you know what, Jesus, if you're not worried, then I just choose not to be worried either. And I've watched my circumstances turn over for, for my good without me freaking out to try to control. And I think control is the big issue, you know. Um, I, I certainly like to control things, so I have, I've had to learn to let go. Um, so to answer your question, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. Um, there are seven ways that the Lord gave me, and I'm sure there's a million to find calm in the chaos, but the seven that I outlined, one of them is um, on letting go. And so letting go of control, letting go of, um, you know, the idea that control brings me joy. So I'm just going to let go, not not letting go as in, well, I'll just let go and, you know, let everything just kind of fall apart, you know, and try to be happy over it. But I'm talking about letting go, meaning I'm going to let go of this circumstance because God has it in his hands. So somebody who cares and somebody who has a supernatural ability to actually um, take care of me, my life is in his hands. Because I'm not one to just say, hey, let's just throw our life to the universe. Let's just throw our life out there and just, you know, kind of throw it to the wind and see what happens. Like, that makes me, like, I'm like, no way, I'm not doing that. 
but if I hand my life over to the Lord, who is good, and he has good things for us, and he has good in mind for us, then I can hand my life over to somebody who's going to take care of me if I really believe that. So kind of a long um, answer, but um, there are some tangible things we can do as well, you know, with breathing and some other things like that that are actually really helpful if we find ourselves in a state of um, anxiety. Now, you just mentioned one of the ways that we can find calm in the chaos. Can you briefly share with us a little bit more about all seven? So, yes, letting go is one of the seven, and they just, they, they really... Uh, speak independently. They don't really depend on each other. So sometimes I'll just open the book and I'll grab one because I I kind of use this book as a handbook for, okay, wait a minute, I'm losing up from down right now. I don't know north, south, east, and west. I'm feeling discombobulated. I'm not feeling grounded right now because that still happens to me for sure. Um, and so I I just go, okay, let me grab one of these seven ways. And one of the ones that I go to maybe most often is one that I call um, leaning. And I literally lean. And I'll tell you kind of how this happened. I was uh, down in a chair just sitting in my living room by myself, and when my babies upstairs began to cry. So I jumped up to go get her in her crib. And when I jumped up, all the blood you know, left my head. And we've all experienced that where we get dizzy. So I, whoa, I'm going to fall over here. So I grabbed a hold of the cabinet and leaned against it until all the blood came back to my head. And in that moment, I felt the Lord tell me, this is what happens, Jenny, in life, is there are dizzy spells. You know, life has dizzy spells, and everybody will find something to lean on in, in a moment like this, in a moment where, you know, I mean, just name it. Everybody can, can name something where you just go, yeah, that came out of nowhere, and that was just not awesome that happened in my life. It can be little things like, you know, the, the um, child who keeps forgetting their lunch and you keep having to drive it to school for them, <laughs> mm-hmm. all the way to, you know, somebody that has passed suddenly, you know, and that, that actually happened to me recently. So I had a gal in my life who really, really, really close to my family, and she um, passed away in her sleep a couple of months ago suddenly, and it was devastating for so many people. And my husband and I, uh, we were asked to do the celebration of life, the memorial service, and we were very honored to do it. However, the day before her service, um, I just felt like I do not want to do this. I there's nothing in me that wants to do this because I don't. I'm grieving so bad that I don't have in me something fantastic to say to these people. I just want to just crawl up in a hole and make this whole thing go away. You know, I just absolutely did not want to do this. And so the Lord said, it's time to lean. So I literally put my hands out in my bath. I was in my bathroom, put my hands out on my cabinet, and I leaned into the cabinet, and I shut my eyes, and I just memorized for about 30 seconds. I memorized, okay, this is my body, this is my soul, this is my spirit, and I'm leaning. And I just heard the Lord say, you don't have to hold yourself up. This is how you're going to get through this memorial service. You don't have to say anything amazing. You just need to lean into me, and I'm going to carry you. I'm going to carry you through this. So I memorized that, and I went into the service in that complete 100, 100% dependent on God. And it was beautiful. It was amazing. And I didn't feel like I had to perform because that's where the anxiety comes from for most people is on performance. 
And so um, that is an example of leaning. Like I literally lean. I do it all the time. Like if I'm in the shower, I just lean against the wall in the shower and I memorize that position going, Jenny, you don't have to hold yourself up today. You don't have to, you know, nail it with everything that you do today. God's going to carry you. He's got, he cares and he's going to carry you through. And so you can kind of sense here just in the last few minutes we've been talking that this place of rest is this place of total dependence on God to be good and trustworthy and to be present. And so it, it really is about defining a new relationship between us and the Lord where we can find Him caring and protecting and trustworthy, and we can find Him good. And for some people, that's a complete um, shift in their view of who God is for them. So um, it's pretty beautiful, and it's very, very effective. And really, if you're willing to open up your heart, it is very easy to to find that place. That's right. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have to have an open heart, and that open heart is where that soft heart is where we can really find a space where we can surrender. And, um, you know, I would just say to anybody listening, if you've never truly depended on God to take care of you, I would just challenge you just to say, well, let me try it out and see. Let me just try this out. Let me see if God really is listening to me. Let me see if he really does care. You know, I'm just thinking of a a story right now. I guess I'll tell it. It's just really short, but my um, fourth daughter, Eden, was on the side of the pool. And we, you know, we live in the Northwest. It's pretty rainy. We don't have a lot of pools outside. So it's not super common for kids to have a lot of exposure to swimming pools. So we were at the gym. She's on the edge of the pool. And I'm like, okay. And she's three. And I said, okay, jump to mommy. And I'm in the pool. She's on the edge. And she looks at me like, I don't know about that. And I said, no, jump in. I'm going to catch you. And she's looking around. She's seen people go underwater. And she's skeptical. And I said, jump to mommy. And she says, how do I know you're going to catch me? And I said, because I will. I promise I will catch you. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to drop you. I'm your mommy. I love you. And she goes, well, how do I know? How do I know you're going to catch me? And I said, I'm going to catch you. But you know what, Colleen? There was no convincing her. <laughs> she's really, really strong. She's she's a fierce one. And I just finally said, Eden, you will know that I will catch you when I actually do. You're not going to know until I actually do. You're going to have to take a risk. And so she jumped, and I caught her, and just, you know, huge smile on her face. But she was uncertain. She was uncertain that I was actually going to do that for her. And so that is a pretty close parallel to how we enter into this surrendered relationship with Christ. And we just go, you know, I guess I'll know that you're good when I jump and you actually catch me. And so that is really my encouragement to people is just see if he's good by jumping and see if he'll take care of you. So you can just take your your uh, situations that feel heavy, that feel scary, that feel too much. And that I, it happens to me a lot. And I just have to find a space inside of me and go, you know what, Lord, this is yours. God, I can't do this all by myself. You know this. So you know what, Lord, I need your supernatural power. And it is incredible when you ask him for help. He just comes in and you're able to pull things off that you think, that was definitely not me. So, and it's nothing special about me. It really isn't. It's just a matter of asking and trusting and he'll do that for anybody that does. What would you say is the most difficult part of learning to rest? 
You know, the most difficult part, I think, is letting go of what I call false fuels. So I used to use the stress and irritability to get through hard moments because it works a little bit. You know, um, if there's a hard moment, then I can just, okay, well, here we go. I'm just going to be irritable and stressed out because I need to get through this. I need to get through the project. I need to get through whatever's going on in the house. And so I had to, I had to say, okay, Jenny, if you pick up love and authority and trust and peace, like what if peace is your fuel? You know, I was skeptical about that because stress and irritability had worked for me. But what I didn't know is that they dropped me off short because once I put down stress and irritability to get me through life, then I picked up peace. It was like, wow, I had no idea it was that effective, right? And peace isn't like sitting back and letting everybody run over you. You know, I have five kids. There's no way you can do that. You'll get eaten alive. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But peace as in I don't have to irritably try to control my household. I don't have to be nagging and irritable to get people to move in the direction I need them to move. You know, when you're dealing with children, and I just feel like I'm talking to moms all the time, so this is a lot of what I reference, but, um, you know, a lot of moms get in bed at night and go, I just was too hard on my kids today. I was too irritable. I was too cranky. I was too angry. And I, my compassion goes out to you because for so long, that's what we've been using to kind of move the bus down the road, so to speak. So I would just say it is the most difficult thing to put down what has quote unquote worked for us and then pick up trust in Jesus. And just, I remember pulling into my um, garage one day and my son was just back talking me just like, and he, for him, he's like, I'm like, you really, you're the one that's going to turn on me right now. Cause he was always the one that never did that. So I was just like, Oh my gosh. And there was no talking and there was no correcting him. He was just going for it in the back seat. And I just heard the Lord say, do you want me to take care of this or do you want to? And I thought, well, okay. I'm, I'm not getting anywhere with him. Pulled into the garage. He jumps out of the car to go inside. And I said, Lord, are you telling me that you'll actually go talk to him for me? Because he's not listening to me. But I felt like the Lord was like, do you want to try me instead? Because your anger and irritability, have you noticed, isn't working. So I just said, okay, all right, you know. And so um, just like three minutes later, he comes downstairs. I'm in the kitchen. He says, Mom, I'm really sorry for talking to you like that. And I about fell over. It was like, what? So I just had to start trying new things. Like, Holy Spirit, could you do this for me? You can tell I'm having problems here. So instead of just, you know, white-knuckling or bullying people or making everybody crazy in my house to get something done, could you help, like, like breathe on this with me? And it is amazing. I'm calling. I know that you probably have reference of times in your life that this has happened for you, too. But it's like, I just urge everybody just to keep relying on God to help you with your every single day situations because he's so he's so available and excited to be um, a help and a guide to us we're not alone we always have him there mm-hmm. amen <laughs> um, for our listeners out there that right now specifically are dealing um, with this unprecedented time where we just have no clue what's going on in this world and like you said the the stress the chaos of parenting um 
now homeschooling, uh, all these added things to their plate now that we're we're stuck with all these restrictions um, with COVID-19. What would your best advice be for these people that are seeking rest? I would say, and I'm a real visual person, so let's just say that you're in a car in your mind right now and go ahead and step out of the driver's seat and get in the passenger seat and then just say, Lord, I need you to drive this. Like homeschooling, really? This is what we're doing, huh? Okay. So, Lord, I'm just asking you to drive this process. And what's going to happen is, um, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's finances, and it's literally handing it to him. There is something amazing when we give the Lord something and miraculously what he'll do to it. It's like the little boy with the lunch. You know, there's 5,000 people, 5,000 men, actually. So there is way more than that because of all the people that were with the men. That was 5,000 families. And they were hungry. And the disciples said, Jesus, these guys are hungry. Should we send them to get something to eat? And Jesus said, you feed them. And they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But they found a little boy with a lunch. And that little boy was willing to give up his lunch, like the only one that planned for lunch, right? And he gave his lunch to Jesus. Jesus broke the bread and then... um you know, baskets and baskets of uh, bread and fish. It was a it was a miracle, the miracle of the five thousand, and they fed thousands and thousands of people based on one boy giving over the little that he had, and that is like whether the car analogy, whether you need to say, okay, I'm in the passenger seat, or you go ahead and drive this car. You know, what he might tell you, he might say, listen, I know your teachers are giving you, you know, sixteen things to do today and you're feeling like you're failing every single day, why don't you just pick half of them? Just pick half of them. It's okay. And it's almost like, wait a minute, are you sure? Because I feel like I'm failing. And he's like, you know, peace peace and joy in the home are so valuable that if you get eight things done in peace instead of 16 things done in stress and you didn't really get them done because the kids were just stressed out, you know, he might guide you in ways, he will guide you in ways that you, you they, they're going to catch you off guard. They're going to make you maybe even feel like you're not doing as a good, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but he's going to, he knows exactly how much you can handle. He knows exactly how much your kids can handle. So just be very teachable to that knower inside of your gut. That's where the Holy Spirit resides. He resides inside of us and he, and he guides us and, and steers us in ways that we might not even know, like, okay, that's new to me. And then the other thing is just giving it to him. Say, here you go. Here's my kids here you go, here's my finances, here you go, here's my business. And you know what? Don't be surprised when God multiplies it, because that's what he does when we completely surrender. He really does. He multiplies things. For people who want to learn more about you or about your book, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, you can go to um, actually any retailer um, online as well, and they're going to have my book in stock, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, that type of thing. Um, You can also go to thestillbook.com. And there's a little bit more there about the book. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Jenny L. Donnelly or Facebook Jenny Donnelly. So that's that's where you can find me. And I have different resources and different um, ways to find rest. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.